to Quest Me, your weekly review show of everything Star Wars, brought to you by the Twist of My Arm Network. My name is Josh, and I'm your forever host and creator of the TMA Network. Unfortunately, Justin, I don't know if this is unfortunate or fortunate, because Justin is at Disneyland this week with his family, living his best life. Not only is he a hero for a career, but he's also a hero at home. Justin, I hope you are having a freaking blast out there this week. And we'll see you next week for episode 7 of Andor. But of course, as all of you know, I can never do the show alone. So this week, I decided to bring in not one, but two special guests. That's right, it's a twofer this week. And I am super excited to welcome Chris and Leslie from the Measuring the Score podcast to the show. How are you guys? Hey. We're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Tired. But we're great. Good. Yeah. <laughs> tired. Yeah. I can imagine you guys are a little bit tired. Um, I I hear you guys have been a little busy preparing for big life things. And yes. I just want uh, to say congratulations. Thank you. Uh, we haven't formally announced it on our podcast yet. Uh, well, kind of, kind of. We, we haven't announced certain things, but uh, we are expecting a little co-host. <gasps> Player three <That's- laughs> has entered the game. Player three is in the chat. Oh, that's fun. Well, yes, I'm have a, girl. a little girl. Oh, yes, that's gonna be great. Yeah. she's gonna be born with a microphone. That's for sure. Or something, maybe some yeah. sort of musical instrument. I would assume she's just gonna come out and pick up a violin. <laughs> Definitely, we started getting those together for her. So yep. that's yep. wonderful. Again, congratulations. That's that's great. So thank you. Yeah, I I don't mean to spoil that. I'm sorry. I've just I've seen it on Facebook oh. and on Twitter and all those places. So I, you know, um, but it's great to have you on. Have I can't remember. Did you guys come on Quest Me once? No, no, no. We were on um, uh, uh, Jesse's show. Okay, uh, for, and then we no, did a no, twist for, my yeah, arm for, interview. Yeah, we did a twist my arm, and then we were on uh, for Cowboy Bebop, and I think we were supposed to come on okay. Quest Me at one point, and okay. then okay. with everything going on, we just kind of left the podcasting realm for a while. <laughs> then that totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome. It's great to have you guys on this corner in this corner of the twist my arm network it's the fun yeah. corner let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> and we're excited yes um and it's this season has been great because it's just all newcomers pretty much everyone that's a guest on on this season is new to the show so welcome yeah. <laughs> more newcomers, <laughs> so more newcomers. <laughs> yeah um i you know, tell us tell us a little bit more about measuring the score because obviously we've done a TMA interview and you guys have been on Sudden but Inevitable, but give the right. Quest Me listeners a little bit of a rundown of what you guys do. Well, measuring the score, we talk about film scores and the films that they are for. Uh, I am a film composer. Leslie is a musician, and we are husband and wife. And we're right now we're kind of on a bit of a break, but we do plan on coming back sometime soon, hopefully. Uh, we, we've covered a lot of different things. Uh, one of our last episodes we have is a composer interview with a award-winning composer, Marco Beltrami, which was a great interview to do, and it was really fun. 
we've got a ton of great guests uh josh is actually on with our sleepy hollow episode right that one yeah. was so much fun yeah we got them projected into yeah. future episodes that was fun that was a lot of fun yeah. i was so happy when you agreed to do sleepy hollow only like, yes we got them all for sleepy it's hollow. a good one and and i <laughs> so, you guys have a great back catalog i of course you're going to take a break for a minute you have a lot to prepare for a lot to get ready for so it, it yeah. makes a lot of sense but there is plenty in the back catalog for people to listen to including the episode that i'm on where we watch Sleepy Hollow. Mm. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Good times. So um, Chris didn't mention that, you know, when we uh, go over these scores, we have some criteria that we kind of measure the score against. Uh, and there's three criteria that we go by. And for the life of me, I've got pregnancy brain. <laughs> well, it has been a while since I we've done this. <laughs> So we talk about um, the the score itself. Does it work for the film? Favorite scene, favorite score piece, and what could have been done differently? Heck yeah, heck yeah. I like that. Everyone definitely needs to go check out Measuring the Score right now. For those of you that are possibly listening to Quest Me for the first time, you can find us live on Tuesdays at 8.30 Mountain, um, 9.30 Central Standard Time, on YouTube, at basically just find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at QuestMeTMA. And of course, like I said before, this season we are talking about the brand new uh, Star Wars Disney Plus series and or. Um, so if you haven't listened to the other episodes, make sure to go back, catch up on those first few episodes. Um, we had Hugh from the nerd af podcast on and we had uh josh jt um jt crusader on last week he was he's the uh, he, he does audiobooks for the thrawn series and it's wonderful he does a, a great job he does all the different voices and stuff um and it was a pleasure having him on so anyway it's the first season it's episode six um there's a lot going on in this series already um you guys did casually admit that this was the first episode that you had watched for the for the show and and that's wonderful it's a great episode to watch um but i i just don't get to ask the what do you think of Andor leading up to this episode question so we'll move on from that one and just go <laughs> straight into the synopsis and um basically what this episode was about so the synopsis for this week Episode six, the eye. I brought my own synopses, and this is just for Justin. They're not the best all the time, but here we go. This is it, the moment we've been building up to. The Andor's Eleven heist. Not only was the eye full of intense action, there's also heart behind that gruff exterior. We witness an incredible storm of both cosmic and human proportions during one of the biggest heists in Star Wars history. This episode, I believe, is the final episode directed by Susanna White, and of course, it's written by Dan and Tony Gilroy, the same guys that did Rogue One. So, knowing that, we know that there's going to be some crazy things happening in this episode. I really can't speak highly enough about it. Um, It had me hooked from beginning to end, just like pretty much this whole show has been. I've just been completely enthralled in it. Um, the underlying story between the Empire and the natives is just so on par with how the Empire treats people. And then, of course, the, the main heist that we get to see, um, the, the last two episodes have been building up to it and building up to it, and we finally see it. It was executed, I would say, flawlessly. 
um, especially for Star Wars. You, you know, you don't you don't see a lot of crazy heists like this in Star Wars. You don't see a lot of I don't know this this kind of dialogue. You don't see a lot of this kind of acting and this kind of intense action in in a lot of Star Wars. Yeah, you get action. You get some fun, quirky things that are said, you know, and, and, you know, of course, back in the day, you had the Yoda lines, the do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> yeah, there was some some good lines, but the dialogue in this show is absolutely incredible. I have, like, really nothing to complain about when it comes to this episode. Um, really, the series in a whole, I don't have a lot to complain about, but this episode in particular has been my absolute favorite so far. So I'm really happy that you guys jumped in at this <laughs> point. What did you think of this episode? Let's start with Leslie. Um, I really liked it. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, this was the first time that we watched uh, Andor. We just hadn't been able to, to, you know, get into the first few episodes. Um, but the first like thing you said, I know, the recaps are really good. So right, the recaps are really are. good. <laughs> and um, what I noticed initially with how realistic it seemed you know typically when you see star wars universe you've got this very fanciful uh sometimes backdrop in, in certain aspects of it you know you can tell that it's science fiction but this here reminded me of an old war film i don't know if it's because of the cinematography and how they um filmed it or uh or the dialogue but it reminded me of one of those old-fashioned um realistic type of you know movies and you know chris even commented at one point you know as we were watching he's like man this seems kind of more realistic than what you would get with Star Wars. And, you know, so that was the first thing that, you know, stuck out in my mind. And then, of course, I came from a train of thought way back. I remember in ninth grade, and this was years and years ago because I'm old. So (laughs) in the ninth grade, we used to actually had a teacher that taught Star Wars and it was before it was popular, but she talked about the archetypes behind Star Wars and how um, the different outfits, you know, were symbolic of different things. The colors are symbolic, you know, and I remember her mentioning something about how the outfits in um, Star Wars was very reminiscent of the Nazi empire, you know, the Nazis basically. And Mm -hmm. you could kind of, to see that and it made me think of that particular teacher when i was watching this especially with you had the empire's um empire uh you know reacting to the natives and how they marched a certain way and how they kind of dressed very nazi-like and i thought about those initial archetypes that was in the first star wars that came out in the 70s and so that's where i was instantly pulled and i'm like oh this is deep this is you know more deep than uh, I thought it would be. Absolutely. What about you, Chris? What, what are your thoughts on this first experience of Andor? Well, I mean, I, I know the character Andor from Rogue One. I, I knew the show was coming out. I did not know how much of a realistic approach they were going to have to this because we're we're coming off of The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and then Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan especially. Now, Obi-Wan was you know, good for the most part. Uh, there were, there were a lot of moments in there that I didn't agree with, but I still enjoyed <laughs> it. I was still entertained. Uh, but it was very, very, very fantasy. Like, you know, it was, it was star Wars. Whereas this, 
this felt a lot more like you could really see this stuff happening like this wasn't vfx this was really happening and the the reactions and everything the characters are having i thought it was great because everybody felt real the casting the dialogue you know the acting it, it, it yeah it was very very organic and you know since we are a film score podcast the score was very subtle it was not over the top it was you know behind the scenes a little bit it was there just to drive. yeah it was very complimentary just to drive the story home is all it was doing it was not trying to show off its new themes you know do anything completely crazy it was done really really well yeah it's and it's very reminiscent of rogue one um you mentioned rogue one and of course the gilroys did rogue one and that was I think as far as the, what, there's been five new Star Wars movies that have come out, seven, eight, nine, right. Solo, and Rogue One. So mm -hmm. out of the five, I would say, look, Force Awakens is my one, but then Rogue One would be my second out of all of those. Oh, we loved Rogue One. That was great. And it's, it, everything about it, the, the grittiness, the realisticness, the like down to earthness of right. Rogue One was brought completely into Andor to like an extreme degree um, where they're really they're really capitalizing on the streets of Star Wars for the streets you know they're, <laughs> they're, they're hanging out down in like the the Coruscant streets like the, the depths of Coruscant you haven't you haven't seen that yet but once I'm telling you once you watch this whole series everything is going to make sense and it's going to be great but but getting you know down to the the nitty-gritty of Star Wars and that's what's really making this show stand out in a way that most of the other Star Wars shows haven't. Um, obviously, yeah. The Mandalorian is great because of the mysticism and the the fantasy in it, and you know the Grogu, the cuteness. You got Luke Skywalker, you got R two D two, you got Ahsoka, you got all the like fan service shoehorned into Mandalorian really hard. Whereas Andor is like. Now nah, we're just gonna make a real story with real people and right. have you know real life things that you can relate to in a way happening in this show and and that's what makes it so good. So I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it and th what a wonderful episode to be introduced to. It's a beautiful oh, yeah. episode. Everything about it was great. Um, I think so I'm gonna say like, I hate to cut you off. I'm gonna say yeah. it like this. All right, so we're we're coming in on episode six. Mm -hmm. And if this is a testament to anything about this show, episode six, normally on shows, you know, the story comes to falter a little bit. The show starts to go downhill a little bit. We were already hooked <laughs> at this point. We're on episode six and I'm sitting there going, man, I want to go back on. I want to hurry up and watch all this now because I was I was literally going to ask Leslie last night, but we got too tired. I was going to say, hey, let's watch episode one. You know, I was <laughs> let's you know, before we go on the show. But, you so, know, man. Chris is a sucker for heist oh, anyway. He likes oh, yeah. heist movies oh, and heist yeah. films. Oh, yeah. And when I found out that this was like a heist, you know, that was the first thing I thought of. was like, okay, you know, if they're going to bring the quirkiness of heist <laughs> in here. And, but, no, it was like it reminded me of like a train robbery <laughs> in the old movies. It right? was like really hardcore heist. It was not like it was know, gritty. comedy. Gritty, it was, it was right. a gritty heist. A gritty there heist. Yeah, it was, it was definitely that's. 
Phil said it best when he said Andor's Eleven, and I have just taken it and ran with it because it's a total Ocean's Eleven kind of heist. Where it really is. Everyone has their own job, and everyone's got to be very specific in what they're doing and very like on point. And they, it's Ocean's like, like Eleven. Jazz music. <laughs> <laughs> the music in this was great. It, I, it was. There. Oh man. Once you once you go back, you'll have to pop up in our chat one day and and let me know what you think of. I think it's the very first episode. Honestly, there's like some really different music. Um, the okay. score is a lot different throughout this series. It's good, but it's it's just so it's different. You know, th- this episode was a lot more similar to what you would get in a Star Wars score um, and right. music from Star Wars. Very, very reminiscent of, of that kind of stuff. But going back, you're like, what is this? <laughs> what is this choice? Well, I don't know. I mean, because we had, you know, uh, dubstep showing up in The Mandalorian. Right? For, you know, Kinda. the... the, the uh, yeah. I saw that so, guy. I just saw that guy in Chicago recently. Uh, oh, really? Uh, what's his name? Um, Ludwig? Uh, the Thundercat. I, I'm not even... His, his, like, the guy, that, the guy that was doing the surgeries... Uh, in in Mandalorian or Boba Fett, oh, he's, oh, he's got oh, the music yeah. playing in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His his stage yeah. name is Thundercat, and I just saw him in Chicago recently. Oh, he's really fun. He has a cool. really fun show for sure. He's so it makes okay. sense that they would. I I think that was some of his music too. So they were probably like, yeah, go ahead and play some of your music in the background. <laughs> that sounds spacey enough. Which is weird because <laughs> you've got like this Western element, and then all of a sudden you bring it. It's like. Yeah. It's kind of a conflict yeah. of genres, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of Western elements, this is a very, like, far detachment from a Western. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. It is, you know, Star Wars has always been basically a space Western, whereas this one is a, it's a space heist. And I think there's going to be more heists than just this one um, leading up to rogue one like this this show could go on for five seasons technically if they did one season as a year you know equals one space year um and that would lead directly up into rogue one so there i'm assuming there's going to be more of these kinds of intense we're going to steal so much money from the empire kind of heists um, which is wonderful but i wanted to kind of first start talking about the opening conversation that happens between Andor and Nemec. Um, Nemec has been my favorite character so far that's been introduced. He's just so innocent, you know? He seems like he's just such a nice little innocent guy. And you guys only saw him in this, but previously he was playing with, like, toys and just kind of being the guy that's like, well, you know, we could... It will be okay. Everything will be fine. This is going to be like just great. Tiny Tim. Yes, yeah. he's Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim yeah. with, 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 an Irish, with an Irish accent to go along with it. Right. But but this episode, he's he's completely changed his tone. Um, he's he's so nervous about this heist that's about to go down. And the, the one thing that I love that he says to Andor is, I believe in something. Why am I so unsettled? You have nothing and sleep like a stone. I'm just yes. like, oh, burn. Yes. <laughs> That's words, he's trying to say, you're cold, man. You're cold. You're dead yeah. inside. But you know, that let me know right then and there. Granted, I haven't seen the first part that this is going to be a character arc for 
Andor. And we're actually going to see his character evolve from how it was to how we saw him in Rogue One. So that's made me excited right away because just with that simple dialogue, I see, okay, Andor is about to change and he's about to change a major way throughout this series. Yeah. Well, he still changes in Rogue One, too. I mean, because he starts off not that great of a guy. He's pretty cold blooded, like through and through, yeah. I feel like. Um, because the beginning of even, Rogue even One, this he just blasted here. that informant, right? Yeah. yeah, just completely blasted the informant. Oh man, I, I forgot how cool Rogue One was. Yes, I think we're gonna watch. I think we're gonna watch all the episodes of Andor, then go back and watch uh, Rogue One. It's a good idea. It's a really good yeah. idea. Um, and yeah, it's without. I, I don't want to get to the end too quickly, but that he does. He really shows how cold blooded he is through this episode and then mm-hmm. if if rogue one is any any indication of what he becomes i think the majority of his change from cold-blooded killer to kind of good guy is in rogue one so i feel like andor is just gonna be like this for a while and then once he gets k2so all bets are off it's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna be blasting folks all over the place um so uh, no, I gotta ask: is, is that going to happen? Have you heard anything? Is that going to happen this season, or I? I and, really and, please, and please tell me, Alan Tudyk is coming back. I think it is, <laughs> and it's only because there's a certain. Maybe I can go find the trailer, but there's a certain point in the trailer where I'm pretty sure we see Alan Tudyk, and he's like creating the K2 droids. Oh, and I mean, I think. It's, People just don't believe. Justin doesn't believe me. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. But there's other people in the Twist My Arm chat that don't believe me, and that's fine because they're wrong. Um, <laughs> He's but, like, well, when I'm right, I'm gonna say, look, guys, I was right. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I'll tell you what. Whenever you become right, I will make sure to share it all over Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram. Perfect. Perfect. You know. It's, so it's I will like make the, sure Josh was right. I hate to get really <laughs> off topic, but just like that Blink One Eighty Two reunion. Man, oh, yeah, I saw all your your posts. I'm so excited, and I was like, "What is Josh talking about? They're not coming. Oh, they no, they are no, coming wait. back. Oh. oh, they're back. They're totally back." And and I've been saying it for a minute. I put those pieces together a long time ago. I want to so, say you said something about it on our podcast, did, like right so. before we started recording. <laughs> I want to say you said something about it. I might could have. be wrong. I don't know, but either way, I'm. Sometimes, if I'm really passionate about something, I'm I'm usually pretty good about it. I, I'm watching this trailer really quick to see if this you is got the right good one. Intuition. Oh, there it is! Found it. Oh my god! And you know what? I was paused right on the spot that I brought up before. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How nice. good is that? Nice. Now nice. tell me. Um, once I bring this up here, I'm gonna bring it up, and you're gonna tell me if this looks like Alan Tudyk or not, because to me, bam. It really, really does. Doesn't that look like a young Alan Tudyk? Maybe. Maybe. And and they're making there. There's the K two droid parts right here. You right. can see them. So I am just almost positive that he's gonna make a comeback. That that's gonna be K two S O and gotcha. Alan Tudyk is gonna be the creator, also the yeah. voice of him. Like I am. Like ninety nine point eight percent sure that that's what's gonna <laughs> Only happen. Only point eight. Even, even even if it's at the very end of the season, you know, it's like the last episode where 
things go down. I, I still think that that's, that's what this series is leading up to, is Cassian getting his best bud. And I'm cool with it. I'm totally okay with it. Okay, let me bring let me bring my notes back up. We got a little off track here. <laughs> that's what um, happens when we with Nemec, did you guys get the same this guy's totally gonna die vibe that I did at the yes. beginning? Okay. So I'm not the only one. I I didn't want to because uh, what, what most most TV shows and films they follow a formula. And right. whenever someone starts pouring their heart out, you're just like, no, no, <laughs> not the cute little tiny Tim Irish guy, and, yeah. you know, the wee little yeah. lad. I hope not. And then, sure enough, I know, and it's so sad. He's got his great points too, with the like. He says the Empire has no moral boundaries. Why shouldn't we take hold of every chance we can? Let them see how an insurgency adapts. And then Andor really just kind of shuts him down by saying they don't care enough to learn. You mean nothing right. to them, and that really—it like, was such. Go, go for it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's such a powerful scene. It really is. I mean, and again, this is not something you normally see. I mean, you you get dialogue like this in other Star Wars shows, but this one just really, you know, nails it home right then and there. Oh man, it was. I mean, Leslie, what did you feel from that right there? Well, you know, the first thing that I thought of was that you've got two majorly contrasting characters you've got this youth that seems hopeful hopeful for the future hopeful for change and then you've got this weathered guy that you know is like no it's not going to happen because they're you know a douche canoes (laughs) (laughs) wow i censored uh... myself that's okay. I mean, you got you got to do it for the little one, right? You got to start learning how to censor yourself for you don't. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's swearing really hard. it too. <laughs> I have to start saying like things like "what the fudge." Yeah. Holy yep. shirt. Yep. Yep. It's gonna come out <laughs> playing a violin, saying "douche canoe" all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Better not oh. be her first word. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Comes out, eh, mama, douche canoe. <laughs> Where'd you hear that name. at? Hey! But you see what I'm saying? You can see see the contrast of the two characters, and they're really starkly contrasted. It's not a blending. You've got this innocent of youth and this sweet soul, and then you've got this hardened killer. You know, douche canoe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which I think. What really tipped me off in that whole thing is when Andor says, you'll sleep when this is done. And I'm like, oh, pluff. Well, right there. The there we go, yeah. <laughs> and little Irish tiny Tim's going to die. Eternal slubber. Yeah, I, I remember early 20s partying saying, I'll sleep when I'm dead. That's basically what's happening here. Is, Pretty yeah. much. But he said it in such a cold way, that. too. Like, yeah, we know you're going to die, dude. It's all good. Yeah. I think, I though, the, the leading up to this point with this group and Andor, the way that he gets involved in this group and the way that they treat him throughout, it makes a little more sense the way that everyone is just kind of cold to each other. Um, and and especially by the end when I, this new guy, uh, Skeen, um, he, I, I keep calling him the, the Jane of this because for whatever reason, sometimes in the show I get some Firefly yeah. vibes. And I right. feel like I got some Jane vibes from him in this episode for sure. Um, but wait, wait! I think I hear Jesse saying something off in the distance. <laughs> <'Cause> we, <laughs> no we way, Jesse hasn't. 
Jesse hasn't watched Andor yet. He's on the last episode of this season, so he'll watch the entirety okay. of Andor um, oh. about a week before we go live. <laughs> so, so may, I mean, maybe he's popped nice. in or something, but I, I he, he doesn't do that. Very uh, I could just imagine right when we say something about Firefly, he's like popping his head up like, huh? huh? What did he say? <laughs> but there, there are definitely some, some vibes that I get. Uh, from Firefly in this show, not a, not like huge or anything, because again, it's not a space western. But some of the characters and the way they act are definitely throwing me that way. Um, I loved so these new Imperials that we get to see are fairly new. Um, we haven't really seen them at all until now. Um, and Colonel Pedigar, the guy who is, oh, he's the skinnier guy. Um, that's that just gets murked he's all trying to be noble and he's like let the boy go and then the girl comes down and yeah. just picks him off um he was actually he's played by richard katz he was best known the only thing that i know him for was the one-legged prisoner in guardians of the galaxy um but he does great in this show as an imperial dickhead um the, all of these guys are wonderful they're they're so smug with themselves like they're they they're so satisfied with what they're doing, you know. They're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna build a navy base here, and we're just gonna wipe out the natives, yes, and everything will be fine. And it it really helps you root for not only Andor's Eleven and his crew, but it helps you root for like the the natives, the the people that are celebrating this eye, this storm, and the ones that are really cherishing the land, you know, because they're the ones that have been there the longest. They're the ones that take care of the planet. And here you have this empire coming in, treating them like basically less than dirt and just take taking over everything. So it's it seeing these scenes with the empire and seeing just how nasty they are really helps solidify the we hate the empire point right um, you know it, it reminded me when i first saw that of how manipulative the empire really is because they were talking about how simplistic the people were and how that they could do this and that to the and people they had a smell yeah and that they smelled horrible and i yeah. kid you not i think the first point in my notes was this demonstrates how manipulative the empire has been throughout the star wars series Absolutely. Because yeah, so, normally when you see the Empire, you see Vader and you see the mysticism and you see Emperor Palpatine, you know, and you see the the, the force. force. You don't really. Yeah, you see the force. You don't ever see like the the uh, how do I put this? The army side of it, the military side of it, like you do. Here. Operational you did, I mean, side. Yeah, yeah. You, you did in Clone Wars a little tiny bit. You saw some military action happening. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely but not like right. not to this extent. Yeah, this is um, this and and Rogue One for sure was was a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. that military espionage kind of thing going on. Oh yeah. Of course, there was still you know you had Chirrut Imway doing his the forces mm -hmm. with me and I am with the force and like you you know so there was obviously still the the callbacks to the force and the Jedi and all that stuff. But this one is completely detached from all of that, which has been great. Um. And it's I, I'm also I'm starting to develop this weird theory that Thrawn is going to show up in this series, um, 
it's just a weird hunch that I'm having because he's going to be in the Ahsoka series, and I think they want to test the live-action version of him before they really well, let him Why do you think he's going to show up in the series? Because well, they do you always... Have, or do you have, like, uh, uh, notable, no, yeah, notable facts about I, this? I or have none of that. None of that. This is just a hunch. Okay. This is just a, a little hunch. that These are the things are that I'm always like, evidence? all right, I'm... I'm not I'm not completely confident that this is going to happen but just uh-huh. the way things look. I mean the the very end of the episode with Luthen, um the Scarsguard character. He right. he's in his little shop, right? And and there's it's an antique shop basically and it's all like crazy antiques. Um Thrawn is a big collector of antiques and those sort of things. Um Thrawn is they Star Wars really loves okay. to throw in characters that people know and love into these live action shows. They like to throw people in just at random, right? And so like I said, I, I think they might try and test the look of Thrawn going into Luthen's antique shop. Because if if Thrawn if Thrawn is going going after the rebels, which he does in the series Rebels, um the cartoon series, he like really goes after them. But he goes after them like mid mid fight. Like they're they're already like going through the motions and doing their big battles with people and and basically the empire calls in Thrawn to go solve the problem i think that this is going to be the preliminary stages of him getting called to the act called to action and doing his detective work and finding luthen and um some of those other characters that we've seen you know through this through this series um, it's again, it's a very, very small hunch. And the only reason I say it is because in episode three, I believe there is oh, little uh, just little antiques in Luthen's shop. They're they're rocks, they're rock pieces, um, but they're okay. directly taken from a Jedi temple. Um, that is the Mortis trilogy hands. It's basically all three hands, the way they look or the way they're shaped. And so there's a connection there, not only to Clone Wars, but also to Rebels um, that Luthen has. So, again, it's a crazy ridiculous theory that only, like, a ridiculous fanboy of Thrawn would want to happen (laughs) because it really doesn't make any sense for it to happen. But I'm holding out hope. (laughs) And and we'll see as time goes on. It may happen. So yeah. when they announce Alec Tudyk is coming back, and then they're going to announce Thrawn right after it, and Josh will have a heart attack, and will, you know, probably quest me will be over with sadly, <laughs> and uh, I'll recover. we will have It'll to take fun. over the show. <laughs> <laughs> we will have to take over the show. What? <laughs> you guys and Justin can take over. That'll be great. <laughs> It'll work out. It'll work out. And perfect. we still haven't we still haven't watched the show at that point. So that went dark <laughs> quick, Chris. <laughs> Speaking of getting dark, the Empire gets kind of dark here, and you kind of get some misogyny yes. from from the Empire, where you you know again they're really bringing you into the hatred of of these guys, and like oh man, I really don't like them. The the one thing that I that sticks out to me the most with the Empire and making it gritty and realistic and down to earth and hits home a little bit is when the the two girls are are hanging out in that rock, and the Imperial comes over to to take a little piss. And he's like, he's like, I got, he's like, I got a good look at her. Believe me, patience was not the first thing that came to mind. And it's like, damn, uh, that's some, that's some real crazy shit. Like, what, what actually went down there, then, Mister Imperial? Yeah, 
what are you implying yeah. right now? Because that's not something that's normally yeah. said in a Star Wars show. I, I just felt dirty watching that that scene. Because, I mean, for one, the guy's over there talking, and he's just, you know, taking a leak right there next to the... To the and you're like, ah. But then again, it reminds me of the, the old war films, as I mentioned yep. before. You know, that grittiness of the old the old war films. Just and and that's what I initially men. thought of. Yep. Yeah. Right. And it's disgusting that I even just said that. But yeah. That's basically what <laughs> yeah. it is. And that's... I want to go, what... go watch a movie mail. I know. I'm going to have to go watch Hercules or, like... Yeah. Emperor's new group. Incredibles. Here we go. The Incredibles. We'll watch Incredibles, Incredibles would be good. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm gonna go watch Chucky instead. Have you I watched really that did. show? I, I, I have been. I've been. The first season was really good. The it's second so... season, like, was like, wait, what? I think we need to do a podcast on the Chucky show because, dude, that show is nuts. Get and, at me see, after this. I know the this. creator. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, is I know it... the creator too. <laughs> Dang, yeah, get at me after this because we can yeah. definitely figure something out yeah. for that. Um, yeah. Let's see. We're oh man, we're we're just moving moving right along here, moving right along in the notes and the notes. <laughs> Do you guys have anything yet that you want to bring up that that we haven't talked about quite yet? We we're just about getting to like the heavy action and all that stuff, but yeah. So the the thing that comes to mind that I would want to talk about is when you have uh, the. I would say that I guess he was the lead character for this episode in his family. And, um, you know, anytime they cut to him and his family, it was very reminiscent to me of the Roman Empire and how, you know, they felt privileged because, you know, the Romans were really privileged people. And, you know, the first scene you see of him with his family is trying to get his belt fit, you know, around his waist. And then you glance over at his wife's belt. Right. He's trying to get his belt on and then you see his wife trying to take care of their son who's sickly and you know that's a whole element there reminded me just of the Romes, the romans for whatever reason um and how you know privileged they they seem to be and how overindulgent they were and you know that was my first thoughts of him when i first saw him now i want to talk about the cinematography for the show there are some it. beautiful visuals in this show i mean because the star wars here lately have been a lot of cgi with the cgi backdrops you know the led backgrounds that they're you know made famous for mandalorian and everything else not in this it's just really gorgeous landscapes and it's real it's there i mean and you get a lot of long shots you know just showcasing all of this you know landscape and everything i thought it was you know really well done and I believe they didn't use the screen either. They made a point to not use the screen in this because they wanted to right. make it more like the the original trilogy. You know, they wanted to find the landscapes and find the the correct locations to film. And it worked. It worked. It, it, it that was one thing that really helped this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's really cool that they can do the the LED wall and, and everything now. But I don't know, man. It was something about seeing that behind them and them actually walking on the rocks and everything else it it worked i thought it, gave it was... an organic feel that we mentioned yeah. before that very organic yeah realistic feel you get you get a lot of that through this series too i you know looking back i think they do use that backdrop every once in a while but i know it was very seldom used 
Um, and it might not even be that LED backdrop. It might just be a normal green screen. I'm not sure anymore because the technology with these guys is nuts. Mm -hmm. So who, who knows? <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right. This, this whole series has just been littered with perfect cinematography, um, perfect landscapes, like, like picture perfect backgrounds and, and stuff like that. It's, it's been a joy to watch for sure. And this episode leading up to everything, leading up, you know, just imagining after watching last week's episode or episode five and imagining like what this meteor storm looked like. They did oh. a perfect job um, showing it and, and, and like introducing it because the, the meteors are coming in one at a time. And then all of a sudden it's just yeah. colors and so many meteors. Um, what what were your guys' thoughts on on that whole thing on the eye itself on that storm? Let's start with Chris. Oh man, it was gorgeous because it, when you're getting the because you know we came in at episode six, we were so we weren't really sure what was going on. I'm like, at first I was thinking it was like um, uh, weapons fire at first, and, and then you know as it kept going, and all of a sudden all of them started coming in all the colors it was just it it kind of reminded me i hate to say of a marvel deal it made me think of the rainbow <laughs> bridge from Thor a little bit okay but it, it, it was great though it worked for this and then they're flying through it it was like <laughs> that's terrifying so it went from pretty colors to terrifying colors <laughs> yeah what about you leslie what did what did you think of that whole just everything from from the natives doing their dances to the the song that they were singing and and just everything leading up to that whole storm. You know that was a very uh, very Native American esque type of feel because you've got the natives and they worship the uh, the land and nature and they knew that this you know meteor shower was about to happen and they're looking forward to it and then when they're just standing there and wander you know gazing up at all the colors that went by. Um, you know, it was, it reminded me of a simpler time, especially with us humans, you know, when oh, people yeah. used to stargaze and granted I'm a geologist, right? So I still like to stare at I the stars. Stargaze. That's the, don't, right. Don't get me wrong. I love going. But it makes you that. feel, it gives you this feeling of wonderment, uh, you know, looking at something that is bigger than what you are and looking at these beautiful stars and that's what was really reminiscent to me when i watched that scene is how they were just in awe and they were all inspired by all of these meteors that was going over and you know with everything that was going on in the show you know with heist and the the drama and the action and then you've got this really simple moment of these people just gazing up at the sky, I, I thought that it was a nice balance because it was just a small reprieve of the action that was about to continue. Well, not just the natives too, like the some of the empire, they were standing back watching this, like oh and, wow. yeah, amazed. And, and in that one moment, everybody was was you know really doing the same thing, so they were almost one for for a very brief uh, period. They all of time. agreed for, for one second. Right. For like one second, they were all there. They all agreed upon one thing, except for Andor and everybody inside the ship. And the one, the little Irish tiny Tim was dying. So, yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, they, the Imperials deserved what they got. Let's be honest. I mean, the way they treated those. Yeah. Those poor guys. Um, yeah. I love the, the scene with the chieftain, though, when the, the guy's translating for him. 
and the what does he say? He says, uh, "Our ghosts have strong hands and long memories." And then the guy translates it to, "May the eye find the good in all of us." <laughs> <laughs> and the chieftain looks at him like, "What did you say?" Like, I think that's when when he finally figured out that oh something's fishy here. I'm just gonna play along with it and see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. I did love that guy. He was played yes. by David Heyman who was Malcolm in Sid and Nancy, and also Frank Chainsaw Williams in Vertical Limit. Those are the only things I know him from. But oh, Vertical Limit, uh, that was a good movie. Yeah, with uh, Robin, whatever his name was. Chris yeah, O'Donnell. Yeah, uh, Chris, yeah, yeah, Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of other people in the movie. How do I know I this stuff? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I never watched that one. Oh, and Scott uh, Glenn. There we go. Scott Glenn was in the movie. Yeah. Bill Paxton. Yeah. Bill Paxton. Oh. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so you brought up Andor, that whole scene with them taking over. I mm-hmm. loved this part. This is where things just really start to pop off, you know, with they they finally get up to the Imperial Palace or base or whatever it is, um, which, by the way, that march up there was really, really long and stressful. Um, but they did yeah. great. See, see, the last episode was them training how to do that, right? So there's a lot more. It's it's okay. way more intense after you watch those last couple episodes because there's <laughs> scenes where where the leader of the empire is, or the the like guy that's taking them, the lieutenant that's taking them up there is showing them how to march, showing them like how to be like 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 an imperial. Um, and so it was. It was really fun to watch and just be stressed. Like, oh my god, are they gonna are they gonna mess this up? Um, hopefully, they don't mess this up because they really worked hard on this. And then they make it to the castle. And I'm just gonna call it the castle. I don't, I don't know if it's a real castle, but that's kind of <laughs> how I feel. But then when, once they get the there, castle. it's like a huge sigh of relief. You're like, oh okay, whew, they did it. They're officially in the club. And then. Uh, <laughs> And then all hell breaks loose. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's, I'm not sure if that's a club they want to be in. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the time being, it is. That's where they get all their all their funds, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, all right. So you're you're talking about so everything in the episodes, you know, before this was leading up to this moment. The tension and everything was still there because watching it, and we had never watched the previous episodes. You could tell it was like, oh man, they're they're really stressing out. You know, it's like. And they're like, okay, and they're all looking at each other like, you know, oh, don't screw this up, don't screw this up, don't screw this. Up. Oh, we got it, you know. Yeah. And you could see that in their faces, and there was there were there was not a lot of uh, uh, dialogue, and it was just you know the the one guy barking the orders at them, but it was all done with facial emotions. Uh, yeah. I thought that was really cool. So yeah, the tension was there. We knew what was going on. It was like, oh man, they're they're really nervous about this. And I think for you guys too, I bet the music did a lot of good service for that tension oh, as well, yeah. because the music in this really was perfect for for those specific mm-hmm. scenes. You know, like they did a fantastic job um, making you feel like, okay, this is some this is some heavy shit. Um, and actually, <laughs> I wanted to see who actually did the oh the score. Yeah, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? It's oh, uh, Nicholas Brightell. Okay. What else has he done? Uh, he's not mm. very. I just looked him up. Um, he's done. He did the uh, Cruella, the Disney oh, live okay. action version of Cruella. He did uh, Don't Look Up with Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's also oh. the composer on the HBO show Succession. Okay, okay. Don't Look Up was great. 
And that that did have some. Fantastic I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, we haven't it's, seen that one yet. It's such a good play on the current climate of the world. Hi, I'm Leo Allen from Voluntary Input. Voluntary Input is a podcast in which I talk people and tech. And often I get to talk to some of the amazing people behind the tech. Simply visit voluntaryinput.com to find all the ways you can listen and subscribe to the show so that you don't miss an episode. Select contact if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, or better yet, select register as a guest because we're always looking for great guests like you. If you could pick any three characters from anything, and I'll give you a second because I'll give you mine first, but if you could get any three characters, anything, anywhere, whatever it is, pick whoever it is, I don't, I don't care, to be in a heist with you, who would you choose? I'll go first. Okay. So I would totally take John Bernthal's <laughs> Punisher, right? Because you got to okay. have a Punisher on that team. John Bernthal's Punisher because he's awesome, he's mean, he's scary. I would take Brad Pitt, duh, because I don't care. Pick a movie Brad Pitt's in. It doesn't matter. He's handsome. He gets through everything. He's It's good. We're taking Brad Pitt. Then I would the last guy I would take... And and it might be a little out of left field, but it would be, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly, Matthias Schwiegofer. He's German. He's in the movie Army of Thieves, and he's the lock picker. And he's like oh, the most oh, expert okay, lock yeah, picker yeah. ever. And if I'm going to take anyone on a heist, it's going to be that guy. <laughs> because if I need something picked, he's going to do it. So those are my three. Uh, the guy yeah. from Army of Thieves... John Bernthal's Punisher and Brad Pitt because he's just so dreamy. <laughs> Can you guys think of three that you would take with you on a heist? Do you want to do three together or? Um, we might need to do three together because when you mentioned that, the first that popped in my mind was Lady Killers, and that's not a very good heist movie. No, because they all die. Because they all die. <laughs> Oh my god. All right, so I would pick Danny Ocean, George Clooney from Ocean's Eleven. Okay, okay. Jason Bourne. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Jason Bourne. You gotta have right, some yeah, muscle. We'll see. All right, so got your yeah, muscle. you got your muscle in there, and then you got the brains. That would be that yeah, would be your, Danny. Your suave brains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now we got one more. Oh man. I, find I, the I really want to say outsider uh, that has some specific skill. <laughs> Oh, I, I was gonna say I was gonna say Wolverine. I'm Logan. Hey, man, he'll cut anything up. Lo Logan, person. Yeah, exactly. And he can't die. And he stays, you know, pissed off most Human of the time. Shielding. So yeah, that would work. Yeah, it's there such you go. Such a weird, quirky mix up there. Exactly. Jason Bourne, Wolverine, <laughs> and, and Danny Ocean. <laughs> well, he would be able to get the. Get the safe open. That's a lot Think better than it. the lady killer's crew. <laughs> the guy with IBS. You know, the, the dumb jock. Yeah, someone pooping themselves oh, man, all the time. Yeah. The oh, yeah, where you played the, um, what was it? It was the Tom Hanks' character that uh, was the the doctorate, you know, of ancient philosophy or something. <laughs> if, if, if Have you seen the lady killers, Josh? It's been a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. It, it has been a while, but yeah, it's a long, long time. That's a funny movie. That was a good movie. I, I do just remember. So yes, dying so, in that. 
It was a dark comedy. That's what made me laugh. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm like, no, that's not a good lineup. The first thing you pick up is the lady killers. It's like, no, they all die. I wouldn't want them on my team. I'm going to have to make a meme out of that for the, for the Twitterverse, for sure. I'm going to have to make a meme out of our teams. You guys sent me headshots, so it's going to work. No, no. So it would have had the picture of the lady killer. It like, best heist team ever. <laughs> Those are, I mean, I, I still say, you know, Let's, Danny Ocean, Wolverine, and uh, Jason Bourne. That's a pretty good crew Jason right Bourne. there. Jason Bourne. Like, that's, a, that's a pretty good yeah. crew, so I'll take it. And if yeah. we mix both of our teams together, man, we'd be unstoppable. We'd be rich living in Cabo or something. We'll have a super wonder. team. Yeah, you'd be paying someone to yeah. build that baby room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go build um, that for me. Thank you. <laughs> so thanks for participating in my little game that was a lot of fun <laughs> um it was i fun. i think let's see basically i have just a rundown of all the action that happens because there's there's a lot that goes on and then some of our segments actually talk uh, we, we talk about those parts so mm-hmm. let me figure out what we can actually let's see so basically I mean, again, they kidnap the dude, they open the vault, there's chaos, there's gunfire, there's, like, people saving each other, there's people dying, there's money flying everywhere, there's ships flying in a, yeah, in, a, literally. in a meteor shower, there's TIE fighters chasing after people. Like, yes. it is a bang, 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 bang final 20 minutes of this episode, all the way to the very, very end. I mean, even after everything is settled and and they've mm-hmm. stopped where they need to be and where they need to be and things have happened, it's 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 pretty cool. They it's just bang 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 end, and now we gotta wait for next week. So, <laughs> I will say so we don't get too crazy into this. What were your guys's like favorite parts of those final twenty minutes, Leslie? Let's start with you. Without talking about the ones that we are going to be talking about. Stop telling me what to do. <laughs> Just stop telling me what to do. <laughs> no, you can't notice that we're married. I'm my own woman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, anyway. What I really, you know, out of all that chaos, what I found amazing, which is crazy, is when they walked into the vaults with all of that money. And the straps just come up off the money after they did all that stuff. And to me, that was just amazing watching all of that money become unstrapped. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I was going to say that was my favorite part. Right? One, one of my favorite parts. Too, the strap just comes up. It off just the goes money. flying and the right? music and everything just stopped. He's like. And you're like, oh, that's, it, that's it's, great. It was oh, like one of those on. satisfying videos you watch. <laughs> Yeah, right? it was so satisfying to see that. Just those right? straps, just, straps like, just flying up. off. I was like, oh, that was so cool. But, yeah. you know, it's, I, I felt like in some of those action scenes, which we'll, we'll get into, you know, we get to those other segments, is that the dialogue uh, between some of the characters is just amazing throughout that whole section. You know, typically when campy, you have action. It's not cheesy. You know, it's not like the Star Wars. Right. I've got a bad feeling about this. Explosion, it's all really explosion. good dialogue. Yeah. You got some good dialogue, you know. It was it was organic. It was it, I mean, we've been saying that from the beginning, but it it, it flowed very nicely. It, it did not seem hokey. 
I mean, like, yeah. I guess that's a good word for that or, or cheesy. Like, it, 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 it was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It was, it was like, oh, yeah, you man, didn't see awesome. all those Michael Bay explosions that's supposed to, you know, take your breath away or like the Vin Diesel for family dialogue, anything like that. No, you didn't see that. It was some good dialogue. Why do you got to bring for family into this? <laughs> family because they they did oh, heist because that was terrible <laughs> yeah. you see crazy we all had to endure that for like three months and it was the worst thing ever Full family oh God. my goodness <laughs> it was so terrible oh, um and i do like i like how intense the dialogue was throughout this entire episode um like right like right when right when nemec oh poor nemec gets his, his wee little back broken and it just wrecks him he just gets wrecked and like he can't yeah, can't that, do that anything he's like paralyzed brutal. immediately and they give him i believe this is the first ever adrenaline shot we've seen in star wars it looked um, like an which adrenaline is, shot yes it's called a med spike in in this universe but it's the first time yeah, we ever really see that <laughs> and it, it pumps him up you know when when he's telling he's like andrew you need to pull up pull up right now and he's like do you see what's going on outside and nemec is like pull up now just like <laughs> It's so intense, oh, it and it's so, it's not yeah. like. And then he's like, "What did you give him?" <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like my right, eyes like, were wide through this whole final twenty minutes. You know, I'm like giggling when when the cool things are happening, and like I definitely got a little teary eyed in some spots. Some of that was like just being a Star Wars fan and just loving the <laughs> shit out of this show, and knowing that this is kind of a redemption for star wars because it's very 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 good and i think more people than just us fanboys are gonna appreciate the show and like it you know more than they would other star wars shows so just like everything about these final 20 minutes was just so gritty so raw so emotional so insane um the the windows cracking with the the meteors falling around everyone the tie fighters getting just destroyed by these meteors oh was, that was amazing they didn't even fire a shot there was no tie fighter blast or or x-wing blast or anything it was all done by the elements and that's something that we rarely see in star wars as well is just things i mean okay don't get me wrong we've seen some asteroid things happen in like empire strikes back and stuff but as far yeah. as like this right. intensity we've never really never really gotten that so it was right so i got one question when, when you said tie fighters earlier earlier what in the hell are they steadily adjusting on their little controller right then and there because i've seen it in um a new hope and everything it's like every time you see a tie fighter they're always sitting there adjusting something the whole time they're flying Maybe that's how they the, the the wing or something of how they're I, flying. I don't know but josh so i mean are you with me on this one they're when I'm playing Star Wars Squadrons uh, and I'm a TIE fighter, uh -huh. I'm usually imagining myself uh -huh. twisting that little knob when I'm adjusting my speed or when I'm adjusting <laughs> my firepower or something. Just like, oh, I need to turn well, on my firepower a little bit. Just, uh, adjust, 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 adjust. He's just, steadily, <laughs> he's just steadily sitting there twisting this little thing and it's like, what are you doing? What is that? What is that doing? I've always thought it was like an old <laughs> it, arcade game. Like, like they should have made an arcade <laughs> game like a stand-up box where you have That's the little crazy. square that turns like this you have to sit there and, little and you have to twist the knob to get the square like <laughs> stopped you know 
have to twist it left a certain amount of time, twist it right a certain amount of time, and then back to the left, and then back to the right, and then finally the X-Wing is in view, and you can fire. Like, that's kind of how I've always imagined it. I don't know for sure why the knob is there, <laughs> but... Well, see, it almost makes me think of, like, in A New Hope, when they were filming that scene, like, it was a, you know, they either used the, the same shot one too many times of that guy just doing the little knob, or there was something broken and he was trying to fix it, you know, in camera. So they just I decided mean, to use it for Andor. It's like, oh, you got to sit there and adjust a knob. It's not, you know, it's not accurate unless you twist that little knob right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing that was bothering My OCD was just fixated well, on, well, not eight and, yeah, I guess my OCD was fixated on that one little knob. Just like, what are you doing? So, the thing that got me is that he, these little aircraft, you know, that, that the um, the uh, Empire is flying. And then you've got this big aircraft that, you know, they're in. And this big aircraft was able to uh, dodge all of these meteors coming down. <laughs> and the little aircraft wasn't. Oh, well, that, that was because of uh, we little but, tiny Tim. <laughs> Yeah, that was Nemec's little device. So he that's how that's why he was screaming so hard to pull up because his little device was reading all the meteors coming around and he was able to actually guide him through. Like, the... That's the only part I didn't get. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, he was sitting there they... he was laying there looking at the screen. Right. And they definitely talk about like his his little gadgets a little bit more too in the last couple episodes. But um so it's a target tracking system that was more sophisticated than the already formidable advanced targeting system on a standard tie craft. So yeah, it's a it's a targeting system basically. Uh, oh, it's okay. A, well, for, as far so as what, what Reddit is telling me, it's a fine tune for the targeting. Uh, think of it as a joystick e equivalent of shift arrow for point and shoot games. <laughs> oh, that was so annoying. Shift arrow. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. You know. There it is. That's that's what I got. <laughs> I'll have to look that up a little bit more. And uh, I'm going with my theory of they used the same shot one too many times in A New Hope, so they had to do that for Andor. Uh, that's that's my theory. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know that it's a good theory, and it's just it's one of those things off where they're like, Star Wars. <laughs> "How could we take up three seconds of film? Yeah, let's show the guy adjusting his knob. <laughs> That'll work." <laughs> See them oh, all gather dude. around smoking cigarettes. We got to make this work, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so one thing that happened before we get into the segments of this week, there was one last thing. I mean, there's a couple of things we got to talk about, but that'll be in segments. So um, Cinta got left behind. Um, and personally, like, I'll ask you the question, but since you haven't watched the entire series yet, you might not have any sort of like insight on it. But I think like so Cinta gets left behind first of all Cinta's played by Verada 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 Sethu she had small roles in Jurassic World 2 and now you see me too um, but she gets left behind and I'm just kind of wondering with this type of show do you think we're gonna see her again that might be hard to answer because you haven't seen the other episodes but as of right now do you think we'll see her again yes I think so too, because it seems like there's a connection between the two of the characters. So, uh, because that connection is there, I think we'll see her. Yeah. They seem to have a bit of a relationship, I think. So, I think. Uh, right. V v Ven? V I'm so bad with names. I'm just so bad with it. But the other, <laughs> I think she'll go back. Hey, you're doing a lot better 
because I, I mean, I we watched the show pretty good, and I can't remember half the names that was going on. <laughs> well, and I have this handy like, dandy even, little notebook you know, drawn up over here with all the names on it. So they, yeah, <laughs> we have uh, nothing. It's all <laughs> things are like some of them are bold, some of them are not bold. I have things underlined so I actually remember to talk you about like those certain things, notes. like. I gotta, I gotta. Otherwise, these shows will just be. Duh, what did you think of the episode? The, the guy, <laughs> the guy that had the the, the cool, the, the one with the sideburns. Fun, fun stuff. Stuff. We had a couple so, of episodes like that where it's just being like going to bed. Music. Oh, music. Yeah. Plenty, plenty of those episodes where I edit out like ten minutes of just garbage. <laughs> but I've always wanted to start a Patreon okay. to have all those little extra segments thrown into a random folder because I think some of it could be pretty comical. Um, I think as far as this episode goes, I don't have a lot more notes other than what I have for segments. Do you guys have anything else that we've kind of skipped past or any other parts of this episode that you wanted to touch on? No, no, I think no, we No, I just looked through it, so... Uh, our our one sheet of notes says no we're good <laughs> um so with that then i am going to move on to our first segment I shouldn't say of course because this season we change things around a little bit where um, we do have three segments that we can choose from but um, we are allowing the guests to choose one of the three um, segments that they would like to use so this week Chris and Leslie chose the one chimer segment which we will get into after the my segment that I chose which is the Starlight Killer scene Starlight Killer shot however you want to do it um, but we're going to start with Chris and Leslie. You guys had basically the same shot, so it came in at the 32-minute mm-hmm. mark. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this shot? Oh, that was, I mean, it was, I mean, just look at it. It, it was It was beautiful, the, the imagery of the meteor shower coming in and everything else over that, uh, over. What Fortress. A, yeah, the castle. The castle. As uh, Josh said. <laughs> no, I mean, just, it, it, it was so, yeah, right. yeah, the castle. You know, it almost looks like Hoover Dam. It kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of moments where it looked like Hoover Dam. But, you know, it, it was such a beautiful shot. It, it was at that. Uh-oh. Did we lose them? Climatic moment, you know, we were discussing earlier when you had all of the people kind of look up at this meteor shower for an instance, and it's just all oh. inspired by the power of nature. Oh, no. Okay, we're still here. Okay, okay. Can you hear us? <laughs> There's a okay. little bit of a delay. That's the only thing. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, because we heard we heard you say, "Did we lose them?" And I'm going, <laughs> "No, we're still here." <laughs> it's just a delay. <laughs> okay, thanks, Streamyard. 
StreamYard is not our friend tonight. So, yeah, it really isn't, but that's okay. I, I did that's a weird interruption to that whole uh, description. So please continue describing this amazing shot that looks kind of like the Hoover Dam. <laughs> well, what we're saying is that it's just it, it's that climactic moment where you've got this meteor shower that the natives are preparing for, you know, throughout the whole episode and how awe inspiring it is. And if you look at the cinematography um, of the shot, you see how beautiful the uh, the meteors are. If I was if that happened in real life and I was standing there, I would also be like blown away. So. Looking at it right here, I, I hate, I'm, I'm going to make so many people mad. It, it kind of looks like the energy ribbon from Star Trek Generations. <laughs> and oh, I, I, I am so sorry for bringing, I know, I know. But but it is so different. And it, it's, to me, it's more beautiful than that moment there. It's, the way it just, it's lighting everything up. It's just. It was such a stunning moment to see that. I was just like, ooh. I felt like a little kid. I really did. I felt like a little kid watching this going, ooh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I completely it's less agree. To me like, you're all. I, I completely agree with that. And it was just so refreshing to see this kind of stuff in Star Wars again. Like the just really, really huge spectacle. You know that that giant like this is yeah this is a nutty nutty scene and it it just keeps going through the rest of the episode and it is perfect i feel like yeah um excellent 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 pick um i had my pick i you know justin justin was gonna send me some picks but uh again he's in he's in disneyland doing his thing so as long as he gets me a droid or a lightsaber, we'll be square. You hear me, Justin? I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my pick this like week hit, hit. for the yeah, so my pick this week for Starlight Killer Shot comes in at the thirty-two minute and fifty-five second mark, which is along the same realm as where you guys are. Um, but it's the shot where the TIE fighter pilot is jumping into the yeah. TIE fighter. It's kind of a kind of a blink and you'll miss it scene kind of but i it took it i had to get this particular shot where the tie fighter the, the pilot is leaning down getting ready to jump into the tie fighter while it's while he's looking at this meteor shower could you imagine how incredible that would be to be a pilot getting into your spacecraft as this meteor shower is going down like that to me, that would be why I would get into some sort of Starfleet or into some sort of, like, if I were to join the Empire, it would be for this moment right here. I'm fine dying in the meteor shower because I got to witness what I wanted to witness in the Empire the whole time. And that's what I imagine this guy is thinking as, <laughs> as he's getting in his TIE fighter. Um, you know, it, to me, it's, like, really reminiscent of those World War II, uh, you know, uh, pilots who you have to jump into a plane during the war because you see him kind of you know kneeling down like especially those guys that were in the the bomber uh my terminology i've just got pregnancy brain uh you know <laughs> the bombardiers right <laughs> you're doing great 
doing great over there. I'm it's, special. It's wonderful. I'm sorry. It's, it's hard. It's hard when <laughs> there's a parasite taking your thoughts away. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> your nutrition and your energy, you know, all that stuff. I'm gonna have to send I you that you gift from like Spaceballs. I'm gonna have to send you that gift from Spaceballs where the little guy <laughs> pops out. With this little hello, my darling. Hello, my baby. <laughs> hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my right tongue. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically just how I imagine pregnancy is, it. right? That's like, that's what happens when you have a kid, right? <laughs> is it just kind of pops out and it's like dancing and stuff immediately? Well, in your case, it'd be playing violin and screaming douche canoe. Well, well no, no. Our, our case is going to pop out and go douchebag, douche canoe. Yeah, douche canoe. <laughs> Oh, this has been a wonderful episode. I love it. It's not going to be like Vivarium where he goes. Oh, God, not that movie. I, I might have Dear to title God. this episode Violins and Douche Canoes just because, you know, like, why not? Right? <laughs> I, think perfect. I told you, before we started recording, we every time we get together, we always go off the rails every single time. That's it's why fun. you're here. It is fun. Because I have so much fun. Exactly. And it's it's always a good time having you guys on here. So and podcasting with you. It's so much fun. Um All right, so no way your your episode's gonna be Violence Douche Canoes, sponsored by Rocketbook. <laughs> yeah. Rocketbook hit like hit us up because we're giving you a lot of free promotion right now, by the way. Just throwing this out there. Yeah. Excellent pick, though, for your guys. I would like to give myself a round of applause as well because I love my pick and I think it's the the superior one was, of the entire season. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I only picked it because no, I, I really couldn't like pick yours. Let's be honest. <laughs> Starlight over the Hoover Dam. Yes. <laughs> so <I'm dead> go. <laughs> So with that, we'll move on to our next segment, which I mentioned before, is called One Chimers. Right. One Chimers is the part of the show where we talk about our favorite set of dialogue or favorite line of the current episode of Andor. Um, this one is a lot of fun. You guys did a, a great job. You, you took it very literal which is excellent because you picked one one actual sentence so i actually extended your little <laughs> clips a little bit um because that's that's it's perfect but i like to put a little bit of context in there as well and then talk about that one line that, right. that you picked and why you liked it um it's it's great we've, we've done this on sun but inevitable and other shows before and let's see the the death note one there have been some like death quotes that we've done that are like two and a half minutes long and by the end of it you're like really Oh, wow. <laughs> that was your entire quote. <laughs> so it's good to it, it's good to stick with the the smaller quotes every now and then. Um, but like I said, I, I did bring a little um, context to those quotes. So Leslie, we'll start with yours, and that is get this thing in the air. What's going on here? So he was giving him direct orders to leave, and it, you know you've got the um, the corporal giving these <laughs> these orders, and then the commandant fellow he looked you know kind of shocked, like oh no, I have been betrayed. You know his look said it all during that whole scene and that whole you know uh, 
uh, that whole uh, what was going down there. And to me, that was just an amazing dialogue. And then, granted, you didn't put the second one up there, but then he goes on and says, you know, you'll hang for this. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah. said, seven years serving you, I deserve worse than that. And I'm like, ouch. That was an That ouch. was a very close <laughs> second for me. The uh the seven years serving you. I've I've had a couple managers like that, right? right. Yeah. You know what, seven months serving you and I I like how he says seven months compared to seven years. Right. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, see I, I don't last that long. I'm not that loyal. If you're a jerk, yeah. I'm out of there. But you see, it was just leading up to that scene. So it started with, you know, you need to get out of here and then when the the commandant realized that he was betrayed and it just went completely downhill and then the so that's the when you get the the tower guy coming around and he's like what's going on here it right. just set yeah. everything up that was pretty cool love yeah. it for sure great pick um i am gonna play your one chimer now chris um we'll we'll see uh we'll see if you can see it but if if okay. not um it's definitely definitely there here we go So cool because you know that's when you, you you get the 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 money is is let go and everything the music everything everything just got silent and the way he said it and delivered it, was, it was so awesome i was just like yes yes it was one of those moments that really got me pumped up and ready to go i was like oh this is just like the coolest thing ever heist well, not really yeah. heist you like that, heist things i do like heist things <laughs> But that is that is not the the reason why I picked it. That's not the. It didn't make me think heist. It made me think like you know this is the moment. This is the big showdown. This is you know, like he just said, we gotta move. We gotta hit. You know, the tension just rose to like eleven at that moment. You know, yeah, it was so awesome the way he delivered said it. That's why I picked it. And it was it's an awesome depiction of what's going on in those guys' heads. Like they're they're right. just so mm -hmm. intense. They're like, Oh my god, this is actually working. Let's go right now because if we don't do it right now, we're screwed. Right. And it's not it, gonna happen. Right. Yeah. I I absolutely love that pick. It is it is a good one. Um I am gonna play mine. I saw the first minute you came into camp, you're just like me. We were born in the hole and all we know is climbing over somebody else to get out. There's a moon eight parsecs from here with nobody home. Put that thing down, catch our breath, split up the winnings. So like I said, mine is a little bit longer all the time because I like to have all that extra context in there, but it is that part of the show where Skeen, or Jane, as I like to call him, is trying to convince Andor into leaving with him and the money. And I really love kind of the way he guides Andor into what Andor does. Um, that last line where he says, you know, it's, it's that you and I are more alike. You know, you and I are basically the same. We're always having to step over people to get what we need, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think at that moment is when Andor is kind of realizing, like, oh, I'm nothing like this guy. I'm nothing like these people. Like, what 
what am I doing here? I just need to go right. away. He goes in the extreme route and just murks the guy. But still, it was it was really, really intense in like a oh man, is this guy gonna betray them? Is he gonna now hold them hostage? Kind of way until Andor just kills him. Which that was probably the last moment in now, the show were you where I was like, oh. Andor to shoot him? I I didn't think he was going to. <laughs> yeah, okay. I had I, I really didn't think he no. was gonna do that at all. I, I think that he um wasn't planning on killing anyone. He was just planning on getting his money and walking away, walking away, pulling a Han solo, you know? He's gotta go pay the huts somewhere. And right. it it just I think his gut instinct was just I'm gonna kill you. You know, I mentioned, you know, at the very beginning about his character arc and how we're going to see a character arc. And, you know, to me, that's a prime example because that shows you how ruthless that he was um, when he killed him. But in yeah. the next scene, you see him yeah. sparing, uh, you know, the rest of them. And he says, I just want my money because he could have killed him and he could have taken all the money, but he didn't. But I think that he respected the other two a lot more especially nemic he he yeah i think he, he kind of grew a little fond of nemic and vel um by by the end of it and so he it, didn't want it, to yeah yeah he didn't he didn't want to like really betray them because he he helped them you know it was it was skiing over there and skiing was a complete asshole to him the whole time the whole last two episodes he was just a yeah jerk. and so well, he was you kind know, of a jerk to him in this episode. So. And yeah, and it, it it's extreme to just up and kill him. But at the same time, it's like, well, you're about to rob everybody anyway, and I'm not going to let you rob everyone, including me. So again, it was it was just a really fun line and a really surprising ending for that scene. So yeah, um, thank you guys for participating in this week's One Chimer. We're going to move on to the... Uh, third and final segment which as always is those tuscan whales means that it is time for the tuscan raider which is the part of the show where we rate each episode out of 10 and this week we're going to rate it out of 10 meteors showers meteors showers 10 meteor showers <laughs> so so let's start with you, Leslie. <laughs> what would you rate this episode out of 10, being the first episode of Andrew that you've watched? You know, I haven't seen the rest of them. I give it a nine and a half, a good solid nine and a half, in my opinion. I liked it that much. It had nice. good dialogue. It had good action. It uh, felt very organic. You know, how some of these shows that you watch have very bad graphics. <laughs> It didn't have that. I, I felt like it was uh, paced correctly. It, it didn't seem like it dragged, let alone it didn't seem like it was too quick. Uh, I would give it a solid nine and a half, in my opinion. I think that's a great, okay. great rating. What about you, Chris? Yeah. Okay, so the only reason I'm not oh, no. going any higher is only because I have not seen the rest of the episodes. I'm going with a solid nine. Now I'm the reason why I would go nine and a half to go along with you, but the only uh -huh. reason I can't, it, it, well, it was mainly just because I, I don't know the context of what, what else is happening. And, but 
I mean, the dialogue, the story, the visuals, everything was just on point throughout the entire episode. And it was it worked. It was all it was all great. So yeah, a solid nine for me. Nine meteor showers for me. <laughs> nine, nine and a half meteor showers. meteor showers for me. <laughs> That's perfect. And I honestly, and I don't I rarely do this midway through seasons of things, but I am absolutely giving this episode a ten meteor showers out of ten meteor showers. <sighs> Um, to me, this was like almost, yeah, right. This was almost a perfect episode. I mean, I would say it's <laughs> of the six so far, it was a perfect episode. Um, it's going to be really hard for the rest of the season to compete with this. And it just makes me so excited to see what they do to try and top this. Um, but with that, those three ratings give us a 93% for this week's episode, which is very high. I believe it's the Yay! highest episode that we have, or the highest rated episode that we have watched so far of Andor. So that is wonderful. Um, gosh, I think that's that's about it. We're hit, we're about hitting that time over here. I know it's getting late for, uh, for you guys over there. So why don't you yeah. guys tell the viewers and the listeners where they can uh, find you and your podcast. So basically you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Oh, oh hang on. And that was a sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. So Spotify, <laughs> Apple, Google. <laughs> you can even find us on YouTube. Uh, and you can also hear Leslie sneeze in a couple of those episodes like she just did here. Uh-huh. Um, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And you can find us on pretty much any kind of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, mainly Twitter or Facebook. Uh, just search for Measure and Score Podcast. You'll find us. We're fun. Josh is on there. <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored yes. by Rocket Book. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I'm going to have all of those links provided in the show notes. So um, just go to the show notes page here and you can click on any of those links. It'll take you to either their spotify their twitter whatever it is but definitely make sure to check out measuring the score because it's a lot of fun not only because i'm in one of the episodes but because it's a really fun podcast to listen to especially if you're a fan of music and things of that nature um i want to thank everyone for joining us today um everyone in the live chat i know it's pe people in this podcast are a little bit more shy than they are in the sudden but inevitable mm -hmm. podcast but that's okay eventually uh they'll come around and they'll start chatting but uh, it has been a lot of fun. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our show. Um, if you didn't know, if you're just listening to the podcast, you can join us live on Tuesdays um, at about 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, you find us at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Make sure to ring that bell for all the notifications of the times that we go live. Um, and, of course, next week, we're going to be live again. It's going to be about 9 o'clock, and we're going to be joined by a man named Cam Sully. He is the host of the Jacked Up Review Show podcast, and he's going to be here to discuss Episode 7 of Andor. He is also a newcomer, so I'm very excited to have him on. Um, his show is a lot of fun to listen to. He does some, some pretty fun reviews for different things. Um, once again, thank you all for listening to us. Thank you all for being in the live chat. Um, for Quest Me, I have been your host. Or measuring the score. I'm Chris. And I'm Leslie. And of course, my name is Josh. I will always be here. Justin will hopefully be here next week. 
with that. May the force be with you.